So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit. I want to I wanna put in an honorable mention for someone saying Majestic Thorin. He's like a Maybelline or Garnier Fruchis ad. Well, that's in the movie. That's on the book. <laughs> so, join Caitlin and Rachel. Emmy. As we take you on this unexpected journey. There and back again. <laughs> I see what you all did there. That was very clever. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the episode. Chapter two of The Hobbit. Yay! And episode 23 of everything. Yes. Roast Apparently. mutton. In a very technical sense, this is our 24th episode because I'm counting the drunken episodes okay. as a different show. Yeah. That's fair. So before we start, we wanted to big, give a big thank you to uh, Twitter user at Anya G, uh, Amanda. She sent us like our first ever fan art, and it's of, of it Tuna It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. We love it a lot. And if anybody else wants to draw us their interpretation of Fish Mountain and Fish City... Please do. Please, please do. Because this one brought me a lot of joy. It raises an interesting question, though. Because whenever we spoke about tuna on tuna, I had always pictured a fish on a mountain. Um, this wonderful artist has pictured a city on a fish. And it's beautiful. What, what did you two picture with tuna on tuna? I just pictured a pile of fish in a city made out of fish. Um, I actually pictured, like... A tuna salad sandwich with a city on it. <laughs> I, I like well, it. Okay I like then. it. <laughs> I, I like uh, this one because it implies that the city can swim around on the back of this fish, which just seems kind of elfish to me. It does. They definitely would do that. All right. Diving into this week's thing. I just want to start before we get in here that uh, it's just so much fun rereading this because from when I first read it, like this has always been the scene that stuck out to me is the the trolls. I know I'm jumping ahead a tiny bit, but like this episode is the one that I think of. If someone says the Hobbit at me, mm -hmm. I picture this. I think that's true of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They they remember the trolls. Yeah. And it's chapter two. Yeah. I always forget how early it really is. Maybe because you're used to the four hour movies. It's It's true. Where it takes them two hours to get out of the Shire. Yeah. <laughs> I will do characters. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really get anybody new this this chapter, which is a fun difference from our last book. Um, <laughs> we've got Bilbo, we've got 13 dwarves, and we've got Gandalf. They did mention Elrond at the end, and, um, and Rivendell, but Elrond. And obviously we've all met Elrond before. In 
the Silmarillion, the son of Erendil. And the trolls are named, so I guess they're kind of characters. They're not just nameless bad dudes. And their names were Bert, Tom, and William, which is hilarious. What it's blah so names. But also, I think they have even less to distinguish them than our, our dwarves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows which one is which. They're all exactly the same. And I like that they call William Bill, and then in Fellowship yeah, they have funny. Bill the Pony. Just their so, characters yeah. were very whimsical. Sometimes the Tolkien does reuse names. Mm-hmm. Turns out. Uh, so, for our short sum up before we get into our discussion, the company has finally left for their adventure, and upon discovering trolls, Bilbo tries to prove his burglaring skills, uh, which of course leads to total disaster. Yay. I thought that worked. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I just had a side note as I was vaguely flipping through my book that mm-hmm. um, William Troll is at one point called Bill Huggins. So they have last names. Yeah. Interesting. At least at least Bill does, and it's Huggins. <laughs> Huggins. Huggins. Just does a lot of hugging. I want to know more about Troll Society. Do they have economists? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they have like a cave bank system where they just put treasure in a cave. Yeah. And hope that it multiplies. <laughs> Or that 13 dwarves, a hobbit, and a wizard don't come along and steal it. Yeah. I guess their version of interest is just killing more people and stealing their shit. I mean, it's the best way to make money. Especially in this day and age. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the extensive sum up. Um, So Bilbo wakes up the morning after having his house invaded by dwarves, and he finds them all gone. And a horrible mess to clean up. And so as all of us do the morning after a party, we begrudgingly get on with the process of cleaning up. But um, Bilbo neglects one one major thing that's apparently part of his routine. He does not dust the mantelpiece first thing. How terrible. It's just, uh, come on, Bilbo. Can you, Sloppy housekeeping. Can you imagine getting up and not dusting your mantelpiece right away? Right. I just can't. I can't. Especially I, since I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wonder if this was like an in joke or if people really did get up every day and dust their mantelpiece. Like what? Yeah. Like, oh, brush my teeth, dust the mantelpiece, make breakfast. As you do. I don't get it. Maybe yeah. this is a England, like an old country, new country thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so... Gandalf shows up and is like, Bilbo, where are you? Why are you here? You just woke up. Uh, You did agree to go on this thing, remember? And he shows him the note on the mantelpiece. And um, so Bilbo has like 15 minutes to make it out the door to the rendezvous point. So he sprints out with no supplies to meet up with the dwarves. Um, Gandalf ends up joining them later, but uh, he brought Bilbo's pipe and also handkerchiefs. So the day has been saved. Um, Thank God. I like the idea that Gandalf went through Bilbo's house after he left. Grab his stuff. Yeah. Um, what else I did like, he it do? Is, it is noted in our notes that it is presumably not Bilbo's Tuesday pipe. <laughs> the That's one as true. long as him. Can you would imagine? Be excessive. That would be in, that would be like a quite the skill to smoke that while on a pony. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, we've got a drum, so 
Why not? But they're not playing it. It's just like <laughs> attached to the side of the pony. Mm-hmm. They're they're presumably not playing while they ride. Mm-hmm. If you're yep. smoking this pipe while riding the pony, that is some skill. It's, I mean, hobbits. I say, yeah, hobbits have had a lot of time to practice smoking, but not on ponies. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Something to consider. <laughs> anyway, at first it starts out like most road trips do, all sunshine and happiness and smoking and good things. Um, but eventually, Bilbo gets to discover the joys of camping in the rain. It's It's not fun. It's not. It's really not. No matter how good a job you do, pitching a tent and tarping underneath and above it, you always wake up damp. Yep. And then you're like, let's go stand by the fire, but that's under the rain. And then, Mm -hmm. ugh, I've camped in the rain too many times. Yeah. Well, and the the situation is compounded because um, the fragile masculinity of dwarves is hurt because they can't start a fire. Even the two who are really good at it. I think was Oin and Gloin, fire starters. Yeah. Uh, that's who that song is about. Firestarter. Just... Got it. It was funny in my head. I'm sorry. Yep. It was it was hilarious. Oh, thank Can you. you. Tell my thank laughter. You. Thank you. Yep. Um so they're all sad and wet and uh they see a fire in the distance. And they're like, All right, cool. But also suspicious. Hey burglar, go investigate. So Bilbo does. Um and he finds three to- trolls roasting mutton. <gasps> it's the title of the chapter. Oh, my God. Woo! So anyway, um, he uh, he decides to try and pick the trolls' pockets because that seemed like a good idea to prove himself to be a proper burglar. What a stupid um, idea. But, yeah, maybe not so good. But um, the purse is a magic purse, and it screams at him when it... He tries to pick its pocket, so that's really useful for avoiding your pocket being picked, but not so much for burglary. Um, so basically, one by one, the dwarves follow after him because Bilbo's gotten stuck being examined by some uh, some trolls, and they each get popped into a sack. Uh, Bilbo gets tossed into a bush, and. Basically, the trolls are talking about how to eat the uh, the dwarves, and Gandalf appears. Um, oh, I suppose we should mention he disappeared at some point um, before they tried to make a fire. But it was literally just like that. They were like, yeah. oh, oh, Gandalf's he's gone. Here. Hmm. A wizard yeah. would have been nice right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so he reappears and just sort of keeps goading the uh, um, trolls into arguing about how to eat the dwarves, uh, and then all of a sudden the sun comes up and turns them to stone. Um, also then everyone, f- they find a uh, cave with some swords in it. Oh yeah, they- I, I did forget to mention that. Yes. Sorry. Um, it's funny, they can't get in, um, and then all of a sudden Bilbo's like, oh, how about this key? Kind Which of foreshadowing. Just- yep, just a little bit. But I also just sort of love that these trolls had, like, a locked cave. Right? Like, how? Yeah. Did they get, like, a keymaker out there? <laughs> I know we're trolls, but we need this from you. We promise we won't, like, rape and pillage your people. And then I'm sure they did anyway. <laughs> it is possible that somebody lived in the cave, they killed and ate them, and then... Took the key. Yeah. But it does seem strange that these trolls 
and have a key to their cave. Yep. Anyway, two fancy swords and a letter opener. Uh, two fancy swords? Mm-hmm. One for Thorin and one for Gandalf. Oh, and Bilbo took his knife. And okay. Bilbo gets the... Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. I think letter of Sting opener. as a sword, sorry. which I guess technically... Yeah, it's it's a knife that would be small for anyone but a hobbit. Yeah. I wonder when they talk about the swords. I guess it's in the next chapter. Yeah. I had completely forgotten. I've smooshed the books and the movies in my brain, as per usual. So I was it actually happens. surprised when they didn't start talking about where they were from. Yeah. Everybody loves anyway. a good smooshing. Mm-hmm. So, favorite lines? Favorite lines. Yes. Um, My favorite line was uh, when the dwarves start showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the trolls are like, you know, super unhappy about these dwarves appearing. And mm-hmm. the line is, trolls simply detest the very sight of dwarves. Parentheses. Uncooked. <laughs> There are just so many implications in it. Like, yeah. do they, they, they were already cooking, you know, the mutton. Like, do they only want dwarves to be pre-cooked when they get them? Who pre-cooks dwarves for, uh, for trolls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I generally only buy a pre-roasted chicken at the mm-hmm. grocery store. <laughs> I don't usually buy raw chicken. <laughs> so I yeah. can understand where they're coming from. Uh, my favorite line was Gandalf's and Thorne. Well, okay, I have two favorite lines. The exchange between Gandalf and Thorne, where Thorne is all, where did you go? And Gandalf says, to look ahead. And then Thorne says, and what brought you back in the nick of time? And Gandalf replies, looking behind. And then Thorne says, exactly, but could you be more plain? <laughs> and then, of course, Gandalf goes on to explain exactly what he was doing, which I think kind of ruins it. Mm-hmm. And I like how when they put that line in the movie, they did, they left all that off, and Gandalf was just mysterious. And I thought that, that that worked better. But is that in the extended one? No, it was in the one that we watched. Is it in? Or that it's in the normal one. He comes back and he's like, "And where did you go?" And he says, "To look ahead." And then then he says, "Looking behind." But there's no more exchange. He just says, mm-hmm. "Looking behind," all mysteriously. Yeah, I just completely don't remember that, but pretty sure you've made me doubt myself but i'm pretty sure no i mean i it is quite possible i and, was also mm-hmm. you know it was it was the morning after <laughs> the dark drunk episode that i watched the movie right <laughs> <laughs> um so then my other favorite line is you know because i'm a 10 year old i really enjoyed you're a booby said william booby yourself said tom <laughs> <laughs> which I just never hear that word used in in the context of its original meaning of fool ever. So I like when it is because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Emmy, did you have a favorite line? No, not in this chapter. Um, I didn't read close enough for favorite lines. My favorite part was the mantelpiece, which we talked about already. Right. Like the idea that anyone would wake up and immediately start dusting just... Like, Gandalf, what are you doing with your life? That that is your expectation of hobbits. Like, if you need to leave me a note, put it under the coffee maker. That's mandatory. Yeah, I mean, it's a hobbit. Why wouldn't you put the note in the butter or something? By their food. Just, I don't know. I do also, I love that, you know, when when Bilbo goes off, Thorin's like, okay, so uh, 
let us know if there's trouble. Who twice like a a barn owl and once like a screech owl. And Bobo's <laughs> like, who the hell knows these things? I guess if you're an adventurer, you pick up on the sounds of owls. Yeah, but how are you supposed to be able to make those different noises? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And why wouldn't you just hoot once? Why do you have to hoot three times? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could go with more than more than once to make sure, like, it's not an actual owl, but if someone starts going, hoot, 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 I think that works just about as well. <laughs> just screams hoot. <laughs> hoot. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should have done two chapters this week. Maybe. I didn't even think of it. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot happened once we spell it out this way. It is, I mean, I guess we could, so we, we talked about how the trolls are sort of so iconic of The Hobbit. Why do you think that is so? What do you think it is about this chapter that makes it so famous? Because yeah. I honestly don't know. I mean, it was kind of a funny chapter. It was, I liked that they all had normal human names, Bert, Tom, and William. <laughs> but other than that. I always loved the cleverness of talking back and forth and. Of Gandalf sounding like them. Of and Gandalf trying to, yeah, trick him. Um, which, it, I always, I forgot that it's Gandalf who does that. Because um, they give, you know, Bilbo some pseudo-heroics in the the movie. Yeah. Yep. But that doesn't happen here. No. Nope. He's in a bush. <laughs> a shrubbery, if you will. A yeah. shrubbery. I did always love, I mean, for me, because I was a weird child, when they... Um, say like, until at last they decided to sit on the. No, not that one. Not sitting on the. It's the one about turning them into jelly. You you fancy some dwarf jelly? <laughs> well, you know it. It was just it's such a hilarious image of these guys arguing and just right, just sitting them. There, yeah, sitting them in on them into jelly. Like okay, which is that's not how you make jelly. Right. <laughs> so, what have they been eating? Yeah. It does make me think, though, like the, um, so when in, in the uh, beginning of the Fellowship mm -hmm. um, in the movie, you hear, like, Bilbo is telling the story of the trolls to the kids. Yeah. Um, and it does, in a way, make for a nice singular story within the story where he you could take it out of context and just have this amusing fable of a bunch of people stumbling into trolls and having to kind of trick their way out of it and it can end there right i guess it uh uh exemplifies how it was a story that he was originally just telling audibly to his kids before mm -hmm. he decided to write it down yeah. right and this it, it could be like a children's picture book in itself yeah kind of a disturbing one but a lot of children's books are yeah. kind of disturbing it's true they really are all right so we actually got some Twitter feedback from our episode last week. Somebody who I've, who I know online, I guess, who I've done on, who was on my other podcast with me. Uh, his name is Alan, and he sent us a text message that said, "How it's funny to me how often we assume we being us three, uh, Tolkien was super conservative." The answer to answer the question of the Shire economy, it was an anarchist society. Tolkien was an anarchist. There was economic classes but no gentry they used the same money as the surrounding region and that's interesting and i get that 
they used the same money as the surrounding region, which, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm remembering the map incorrectly, the map incorrectly, but I feel like they are part of Arnor? Um, yeah, it's right between Eriador and Arnor. I don't know exactly what the Shire ends up in. That's just looking at my map. <laughs> um, but I did some sort of Googling around. Okay. And literally I Googled once. So how correct. <laughs> so you didn't Google around yeah. as much as you Googled to one yes. place and stayed yeah. there. So how much this information is accurate? I mean, take, take it with a grain of salt here. But uh, Tolkien did apparently identify as an anarchist in a philosophy way, not in a let's bomb everyone way. But for, to me, it's it felt more like, or less like he didn't, he specifically didn't want government and more like he just didn't want to be bothered with it. It just wasn't where his interest was. So I, I still don't know if that particularly answers any of my questions about how the Shire runs. Mm -hmm. Because if they were part of a kingdom, if they used their money, they would have presumably owed taxes yeah. to that country still. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Bilbo seems like a little gentleman hobbit. Maybe he doesn't own property that he, you know, makes money off of, but he doesn't work. He just I mean, has the money. the Shire is supposed to be, like, the most idealistic society he could think of, right? So yeah. maybe none of that is an issue. It's just, we just gloss over it. But yeah, I get that. And I get that we're reading, like, more into it than we need to, because... It doesn't really... That's fun. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how the Shire works when you get down to it. Yeah. And it is true that it's become our amazing little side note of how the hell do these societies actually run? Yeah. <laughs> and who invented chocolate and wine and beer? We still don't really know. And nope. I think that that was sorely lacking from the Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. And Tolkien should come back from his death and tell us. I'm going to make sure to, like carve it into my bones so that when I die I'll remember to uh, ask him in the afterlife. That was really creepy Rachel. <laughs> That's called stalking. You're gonna carve it into your own bones. <laughs> that means you're gonna have to peel away. Okay, you know what? Let's not get into the... Yeah, yeah, okay. It it got a little unintentionally creepy in that way. I was like, what, what can I take with me to the afterlife? And I suppose not even the bones, but so yeah, I don't anyway, know. Anyway, to be by the way, mm -hmm. um, lest anyone corrects me on my not knowing how the structure of um Middle Earth works, apparently it's the region of Eriador in the kingdom of Arnor. Right. They're both written very large on my map, so I feel like currently there is no king in Arnor anyways. What okay, that's interesting because that was that actually was mentioned mm -hmm. in the book at one point. Um, it was like, we were talking about how in the middle of nowhere they are, um, and, no, 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 let me see if I can find it, because it was right at the beginning. Um, oh, here we go. Talking about, oh, talking about whether to go investigate the, where the trolls were. And it's like, the old right. maps are no use, yada yada, and they have seldom even heard of the king round here. And I was like, what? Yeah. What king? Like, am I, I mean, I guess technically we don't know this yet. But am I right in thinking that there is not currently a king in Arnor? Or am I confused? Um, I, I have no... What are the I don't know. years? Um, I mean, I feel like technically Gondor and Arnor became united. 
Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have but, a king; it would have a regent or whatever. What's his face is called? Uh, the steward. The steward. Yeah, the last king of Arnor was Arvedui in um, Third Age, nineteen seventy-five. I think we're in Third Age three something now, aren't we? That's what I thought too. And then, like the line it mentions on the Lord of the Rings wiki that. Um, the line of kings continued in the chieftains of the Dunedain. Oh, 2941. There we go. I can't read fucking numbers, yeah. apparently. So, there is no king. Like, do they mean that they've never even heard that there has, was it a time a king? Or do, is this just Tolkien writing this I don't before think we could ever answer that, that question. <laughs> yeah, I, su- I suspect it's that Tolkien, you know, didn't know that he was writing within Middle-earth at first. But it's interesting to just talk about. Um, Especially since things got kind of edited in later, as you mentioned last week. Yeah, um, so it's interesting that he wouldn't The little pieces edit that, that still also. stick there. Yeah. Who said that? You did? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the line. The line about the king. Who, who said the line about the king? Uh, it was just or the is it general. Just, of... It was just narrator? Narrator. Okay. It's, yeah, so it's just, it, it's the dwarves were all arguing about what to do, and it's just like, others said. Right. These parts are none, none too well known, and travelers seldom come here. Don't be inquisitive, and you won't find trouble. And then right after that is where they go, others said, where has Gandalf got to? <laughs> this remark was repeated <laughs> by everybody. <laughs> Can you imagine what that sounds like? 14 people. I was going to say dwarves. Where has Gandalf got to? Where has Gandalf got to? Where has Gandalf got to? <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> well, I guess we can leave it as a short short episode. Because I, I, I don't think there's anything else really to discuss. Anything else? That pretty well does it. All right. So, so we're going to cut our episode short this week because the chapter was short and we... Didn't really prepare anything else, because we are used to the Silmarillion at this point, still. Um, But next week we are going to do two chapters, chapters three and four, which is A Short Rest and Overhill and Underhill. Yeah. And yeah, if you have anything to say about trolls and dusting, if you have any insights into dusting the mantelpiece, please. Share these. I would. I need to know. Um, and again, we welcome your tuna art. Mm. And hopefully, we'll have a full-length episode next week. Thanks for listening. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. See you. Bye. Ciao.